is not for all people. In fact, it's for a very small part of the population, in my opinion, the investment population. Also a very small part of the portfolio, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, you know, you if you can't handle the volatility of the stock market, you certainly couldn't handle cryptocurrency. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. You want me on that wall. Guantanamo Bay. I will, I will tell you, That's walking through the Denver airport, yeah, I feel like there were billboards everywhere for crypto this and, and really absolutely I, it was everywhere, unbelievable. That's it, it surprising. Wasn't, it wasn't that way, you know, anywhere else. But Denver apparently has got a huge following. I, well, well, yeah, also, uh, <laughs> how was the cannabis situation out there? Cannabis All over the and place? crypto stores enthusiasts. everywhere. Every, well, I, I didn't really notice a lot of stores. What I noticed was the stank. Oh, everywhere! Oh my God! <laughs> You're just walking in and out of out of you know weed clouds wherever you go. You're still a little contact high. I'm not really like I don't know. Most of it was outside. Hey, and also I just want to announce uh, an event next week, next Thursday, August 12th. Uh, I will be in town in the uh, Phoenix downtown Phoenix area, actually, and we're doing an event from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. This is sponsored by KFNN Money Radio and the Stock Doctor's Prescription. And what's happening, it's interesting, because at Spoon's Restaurant on the patio downtown, it's on the corner of uh, just Adams. It's on Adams just west of Central Avenue uh, in the U.S. Bank building. But from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Thursday, August 12th, we'll be holding an event. And uh, apparently, the host of the sports talk show, Bruce Jacobs, he must have done something because he's going to be holding a sign walking up and down the streets that he jinxed the he Phoenix jinxed Suns. the Suns, yeah. Yeah, so Bruce will be doing that. I guess he'll be getting yelled at and screamed at and things thrown at him. He's Arizona's Steve Bartman. Yes, the Stevie Bartman of Arizona, I guess. So uh, that's going to happen a week from tomorrow. Wait, I think we should pump this up a little bit more. I think we should discuss this more because if you're going to be there witnessing people doing things, you, you know, let's... I'm going to be so there... Well, I'm going to be also giving out, uh, I'll, be, I'll be handing vouchers for coffee and breakfast sandwiches. So that will, if you come join us, I'll be there at 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Should only be 112 degrees at 7 a.m. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm yeah. going to be all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wearing a bathing suit. But yeah. uh, anyway, hey. Uh, so <laughs> come join Come join us. Come join Bruce. Come join myself. Uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. at Spoons next Thursday, August 12th. We'll be giving out some coffee and, and uh, breakfast sandwiches. And uh, I'll be there, meet and greet, talk to markets. And by the way, I, I do have a few appointments available for uh, Thursday afternoon. And uh, After actually, a shower? Yes, exactly. When, no, you don't sweat that much. No? It's a dry heat. It's mm -hmm. a dry heat. It's hot. No humidity? Sign me up. Um, so Wednesday, so the 11th and 12th, I do have some availabilities to sit down and discuss your portfolio. Here's how you do that. If you want to call the office, you can call right now, 888 8 Five five two eight five five eight 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 five five two eight five five. Log on to our website stockdr.com. You can contact us that way, and we'll set some time to get together, discuss your portfolio, see if there's anything we could do to help your portfolio, and see how much risk you're taking or if you need to de-risk the portfolio. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff today, as far as uh, should we be de-risking a little bit of the portfolio. So that is next Thursday. I'm excited about that. That'd be great. So let's talk about what happened in July. Look, we had a, a pretty good month. The Dow Jones was down, but the S&P was up 2.2%, and the NASDAQ up 5.49%. And the markets reversed yesterday. I mean, we were down, and then we had a, a nice reversal day. Now, the markets have been up eight out of the last nine months, so it wouldn't come as a surprise if we saw a pullback. And technically, the three major averages are still in pretty strong uptrends across the board. After a 5% month on the, on the NASDAQ. NASDAQ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about seasonality because August is typically not a great month. And uh, on the Richter scale, August is the third worst market performance month. That's behind September. And I don't even think October is. A, it's, I know September is number one. I think it's one of the other ones. I think it's February. Maybe, maybe, because October is usually a month where we actually we bottom out and rally from there. Well, when you think of historically, though, I mean, October, October crashes. Yeah, that's that's right. That's what October is known for. <laughs> but here's some things that we looked at, and it was really interesting. Is the S and P 500 hasn't fallen three percent or more from a record high since May, so we haven't had any significant pullback at all. Um, that puts the index on track for what would be the o only the third time in history 
when the S&P 500 hasn't dropped 3% or more from a record high during the summer. Hmm. Third time in history. When you start talking in history, it's kind of, think no, about I it. I mean, every year for the last 19, 20 years, I've always gone into the summer months feeling like, oh, here we go. All right, so let me repeat that. This would only be the third time in history that the S&P hasn't dropped 3% or more from hitting a record high in the summer. Now, additionally, the fact that July was fairly strong and notched seven new highs could make it a little bit tougher for August. Uh, history shows that it becomes more difficult for stocks to rise in August if the market cruises at record highs in July. So all this, oh, but wait, there's more. Since <laughs> 1950, the S&P 500 has averaged negative 1.3% in August after reaching at least one high in July. And the S&P 500 has never, ever risen in August after making seven or more record highs in July. And during a post-election year, August historically performs quite poor. It's only second to February. So look, we started out the month pretty good. And uh, here's, here's how we combat something like this. But I'm, I'm going to give you now the other side of the coin. There's a little bit of a bright side here. Uh, we are on a nice win streak. And rule number one in technical analysis is that trends persist. Let the trend be your friend. Yeah, and the trend is is doing, we are a nice uptrend right now. And the pullbacks, as you can see, are, they're pulling back right around to the 50-day moving average. And that's a natural pullback. That is something you want to see. It gives opportunity to add more shares or, or uh, other positions. But it's been on a nice streak. Now, when the market is in this type of streak, like uh, you know, six-month run like this, it typically lasts. So one year later, after a six-month run, the markets have been up 18 out of the last 21 years, an average of 12%, hmm. or 21 times, excuse me, an 18 out of the last 21 times in 21 years. So that's not too bad. Look, I still think, though, if you have stocks in your portfolio that are extended, and this is one mistake that people make, and we try to, you know, a lot of people have, you know, the acronyms out there, FOMO, and I get text messages from friends of mine saying messages. that, yes, from friends that are saying, I've got FOMO, um, things are running, I don't own them. I think, Justin, you and I have been doing this long enough that we know that when you start chasing stocks. It's not even just chasing stocks. When we start to get those text messages from people that we don't do business with, just friends that are saying, hey, I feel like I'm missing this. I, you know, what should I do here? Can I get this? You know, it's it's like, all right, guys, if, if you're talking to me about this at this point, it may be a little bit late in the run. I mean, this thing might be a little long in the tooth. Remember when Tesla made that run the 900? <laughs> it was every question we got. What about Tesla? What about Tesla? What yeah. about Tesla? And but what you should have done is when Tesla was hovering in the high 500s, low 600s, not doing anything, nobody was paying attention to it. That's when you start accumulating shares. That's how we make our, our most money for our clients. Yeah. Well, I mean, you when mean, we, you mean by, by buying low? <laughs> but by buying when nobody wants them. And that's okay. really how you make your money is you, you, you know, Warren Buffett says buy when there's blood in the streets. When nobody wants these things is really when you want to buy them. And we, we loaded up on Tesla, in, and it happens to be one of our top positions now. One, I think, number two. Uh, no, number three. But – we, we bought a bunch in the high fives, low sixes, and now here we sit at, at 709, and the stock has made a big run. And by the way, this just in, Justin, yeah. it broke out. It did it on good volume. It broke a downtrend. I mean, everything is looking pretty good. It's decisively real. And we'll talk more about that when we come back, because you are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on Money Radio KFNN. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Are you losing sleep over recent market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? Let's face it, if you're at or near retirement, you can't afford to lose 40% of your nest egg like so many did in 2008. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Now you can have both principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it and your gains are locked in. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose. It's that simple. If you like the idea of avoiding market risk but earning more than a CD, 
call Seiler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002. We'll keep it simple. We'll teach you time-tested, proven strategies to help grow your income and keep your principles safe for retirement. To get started, call Seiler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for the Stock Doctor's Prescription Show. I'm a million-dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. 1510 AM, 105.3 FM, Money Radio. Everybody, Mark Asher, back to tell you about my friends at Valley Medical Weight Loss. I love this company. I've used them. I have friends that have used them. A ton of weight has been lost in a quick amount of time. And the right way, that's the important part. Look, they have three Valley locations, Tempe, Glendale, and Phoenix. So one is close to you, and they've been doing this for well over a decade. And right now, you can get your first week, $31.95, absolutely free. Just mention Money Radio or mention The Fanatic, and it is on them. 602-441-3305 or valleymedicalweightloss.com. Many investors aren't aware that as you get closer to retirement, it's important to protect the savings you've worked so hard to accumulate. After all, you can't take the same type of risk you did when you were younger. The problem is that traditional safe money strategies like CDs and bonds aren't performing as well as we would like them to right now. On one hand, you want safety and guarantee of principle. On the other hand, most people prefer the potential of higher growth by being linked to the market. Well, now you can have both principal protection during market downturns and desirable market-linked growth during upturns. When the market goes up, you go up with it. And when the market goes back down, you're guaranteed not to lose principal. If avoiding market risk and still earning more than a CD sounds good to you, call Seiler Wealth Management today at 407-831-8002. They've developed proven strategies to not only grow your income, but also keep your principles safe for your retirement. To get started, call Seiler Wealth Management at 407-831-8002 and listen to Money Radio Wednesdays at noon for the Stock Doctor's Prescription Show. Tune in to the Natural Grocer Radio Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon here on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. We will be discussing all aspects of natural healing, explore everything from which supplements can keep you at your best to foods that help you decrease stress and increase productivity. Past guests have included the Wild Foods Lady, Linda Runyon, Dr. Earl Mendel, and Dr. Wayne Dyer. Find out more at naturalgrocerradio.com. The Natural Grocer Radio Show, Saturday 11 till noon on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Health is your greatest wealth. Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as a Stock Doctor. Justin's in the house. Nikki's in the house. And we have a very, very special guest. And we talked about this last week. We told you he was coming on. And this is Jesse Markowitz. From your personal cryptoassistant.com. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. So let me ask you one question before we get started. What does a personal crypto assistant do? Because, you know, we know a lot of people are trading cryptocurrencies and we get a lot of questions about cryptocurrencies, how to trade them, whether to buy or sell them. And I'm sure, do you consult on all these aspects? I do. I do. Most of the people that I consult with are people who are just getting started out. Okay. They're looking for assistance in where do I start? For some of them, they know they want to buy some crypto, but after watching a YouTube video, reading some stuff on the web, it's just not enough to give them that comfort level about exactly what to do. They really want to talk to somebody and say, hey, am I doing this right? Can you walk me through this? Can we do a screen share and you can show me like, where do I need to click? What do I need to do? What do I need to be careful about for this? So, Nikki, I know you're you're really big into the blockchain I am scenario. Big fan. And is it something that you have to you don't have to know about blockchain to because I don't think anybody knows about blockchain. I, I mean I, I beg to differ. Okay. But I don't think anybody most people don't know about blockchain. And that's kind of what I was really excited about having Jesse here for was I want to kinda ask you to go into it. Like you're talking to Lee, so in layman's terms, hey, what exactly blockchain is. I'm not a moron is. here. Because I think it's the foundation in, on which then the knowledge about cryptocurrency can then be utilized. Blockchain to me is is 
more difficult to understand than the cloud, and nobody knows what the cloud is. I'll give you that one. The cloud. No one knows the okay. cloud. Okay. So, Jesse, so blockchain, and I'm just giving what I understand. It's the basically spreadsheet that all these transactions are held on digitally. That, that's a great way to start thinking about it. Okay. That's a great way to start thinking about it. And, and to your point, yes. when you say that nobody knows about all the blockchain stuff, when you talk about the deep cryptography that underlies the whole thing, you're right. There's very few right. people who actually really understand all the deep math. But how to use it isn't that hard. And this is the thing, the element of this whole crypto craze that's really going to survive probably. I, I think when we talked in the pre-interview and – how many how many different currencies are there? Or, uh, there's got there's got to be at least over ten thousand different coins and tokens and everything out there. Of it's which, a huge number. of course, most of them are not going to make it. Probably. <laughs> and about two of them are buzzwords. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and a fewer a jokes, whatever. Yes. But, a lot of joke coins. But blockchain is it's already being used by Citi and Morgan Stanley and all the big banks. But Absolutely. that's the one that that's what's going to be around. That's what I think is going to revolutionize the way that we interact with the world. So here's the key technology difference on this. Right now, most of the money in the world is kept as a entry in a database, like you said, on a spreadsheet. Okay. But who owns that spreadsheet today is the U.S. government, is Citibank, okay. is Wells Fargo, is PNC, mm -hmm. is SunTrust. It's the big banks. They all have a copy of that same spreadsheet? No. They just they have, their have their own. own they have their own. So when you've got your bank account at Citibank, You've, they've got a spreadsheet. It's a really big database and all sorts okay. of cloud computing. Their but ledger. But their whole stuff, their ledger, where they store how much money does Lee have? How much okay. money does Nikki have? How much money does Jesse have? And they keep track of that. Okay. With Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies, the main difference is a distributed ledger, which means that it's not just one entity that has a copy of this database. Lots of different people have a copy of it. And one of the greatest part about it is, if you want a copy of it, you can get your own copy. Yeah, I highly doubt Citigroup's going to let me have a copy of the ledger <laughs> that they have in-house. <laughs> exactly. But you so don't know. The ledger doesn't show you who owns what currency well, or what, what coin. It, what it shows you is this particular address, this particular account number, if you will, okay. has this particular amount of money in it. And for Bitcoin... Every transaction that occurs, occurs on that ledger that gets duplicated across this whole distributed network. All the okay. different people have a copy of it. So anything that happens to that address, how much money comes in, how much money goes out, where it came from, where it went to, is all recorded on that ledger that everyone's got a copy of. So it's very public, which is one of the main reasons why you can trust it, because you can't spend your coins twice because everyone can see what all those transactions are. Okay, we're speaking to Jesse Markowitz from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com, and he does exactly that. He is basically almost a cryptocurrency consultant, uh, if you will, and he, from soup to nuts, he can get you started. Now, look, we get a lot of questions, Nikki, and I know you're a millennial, so you you love the cryptocurrency talk. I'm, I'm saying you love the currencies or the coins or whatever, but you do love the blockchain you technology. You love generalizations today. I do, I do love generalizations. So... <laughs> What would you ask Jesse? Hey, you want to? What, what's the main as a millennial that wants to get involved? What is your first question, or what? What are you thinking of first? Well, me personally, I have much in more in depth <laughs> questions, but I think that it's important that we talk about how do I buy a cryptocurrency and how do I store it. It's a great question. How do I get started? So the first thing which you need to do is you have to have an address somewhere. So the way that most people get started is they start at an exchange. You can think of it kind of like a bank. You open up an account. You give them your email address, maybe your phone number, maybe some more information, maybe less information, depending upon where you open up your account. One of the nice things about cryptocurrency is you've got a lot of options for different places where you can do that. You can also just start with your own wallet, which is just a piece of software that runs on your phone, your tablet, your computer, okay. that gives you an address to get started. At that point... You can then receive cryptocurrency when someone sends it to you. And once you've got some, you can send it out. For a lot of people that are not already in the environment and working with this, just getting started, they want to take some of their U.S. dollars and convert that into cryptocurrency. That's a little tougher. Okay, so U.S. dollars convert into cryptocurrency. Correct. I, I think you just have to just put it in a, an account and buy it. It's exactly what you do. But what you need to do is you need to open an account 
with a company, okay. an exchange, that will allow you to give them dollars and have them give you cryptocurrency. So the one that you've heard of, I'm sure, Coinbase. Coinbase. Mm -hmm. The big IPO recently, mm -hmm. everything else. Yep. So that's they're a very solid company. I have a lot of my clients go through there. And you can open up an account. You can connect your bank account to your Coinbase account so that okay. you can do a dollar. So you can sweep that. money back and forth. Correct. Okay. So this is something that can't be done, I think, on Robinhood, correct? Is that the – I know a lot of people, people get started on Robinhood. You can't really – I'm not sure for Robinhood how you connect your bank account and whether or not you can sweep money in and out easily. I don't know on their platform. Okay. I thought somebody told me they couldn't. Okay. But that might be. I'm not on Robinhood. Sorry. No, All I right. Don't. All right. So so um, as far as the tokens go out there, uh -huh. you have, of course, everybody knows Bitcoin, Ether, and Dogecoin, of course, and which <laughs> is a, a joke, and uh, Litecoin. But you said there are thousands of these different coins. And how do you determine... If uh, somebody comes to you and says, you know, I want to be involved in, in crypto, I think it should be part of my portfolio. I assume this is kind of what, how sure. it goes. And do you choose which coins they should own in a diversified portfolio of different currencies, or do you let them kind of steer you? So most of the folks coming to me are just getting started. So for those people, they're not really looking for a diversified portfolio, like you would think of portfolio theory for stocks and bonds and that sort of stuff. They're really just trying to get started with, how do I get an account going? How do I buy my first crypto? What's that, that whole introduction? So for most of those folks, starting with something like Coinbase and buying a very large, relatively stable coin like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, one of the biggies, okay. is generally the easiest on-ramp. And... This person can very easily – so I want to talk when we come back because we're going to take a short break in a minute. But I want to talk about how you can actually spend it Absolutely. because I know there's a lot of talk. Uh, last week, there was a story that Amazon uh, – Bitcoin bumped in price uh, on a Monday. I think it was Monday, it was Monday. a week and a mm -hmm. half ago. And that was just on talk that Amazon may accept Bitcoin by year's end. So, of course, the currency, which hadn't done that great until then, hit 40000 for the first time in six weeks. So that was a week and a half ago. So th those are some questions I have. And I know, Nikki, you have a bunch of questions as well. Relative We're going to go to for the deep dive next. The deep dive stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we talked before in, uh, in our pre-show interview about NFTs. I just want to touch on that real quick. And we have about a minute to go over that. But uh, non-fungal. Fungible. Fungible. I call them fungal. All right. Let's let Jesse <laughs> okay. answer the question. What do you think about them? I think they're a joke. But go ahead. I think they're fun. Um, joke I, I fun. <laughs> I, I, th I think NFTs long-term are going to be amazingly great technology. Today, if you think about them like baseball cards, Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, Beanie, Beanie, Baby Beanie Baby Collection. Yes. Still not worth anything, Mom. No, sorry. Um, I, I think they're going to be like that. If, 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 if there's a token that comes out that's got some value to you, you think it's neat, it's great artwork, somebody else likes it, it may have some value. But really today, there's not that much you can do with them. It's basically bragging rights. I own this, but not much more for today. Last time we talked, you really hit home when you were talking about how it could potentially be for titling changes in the future in an electronic way. That, I think, is where that is going to head. We'll get more into useful. that when we come back. <laughs> we have Jesse Markowitz with yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com, and we'll get more dive deep as Nikki Down says. Down the rabbit hole. There you go. You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Being in control of your money provides freedom. Learn how to make it, spend it, and invest it. We're Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. As senators continue to go through the roughly $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill after lawmakers finalized the text of it over the weekend, we are finding out some of the hidden proposals tucked away in the bill. Hiding in plain sight on page 508 of the U.S. Senate's 2,700-plus page infrastructure bill are the plans for a national per-mile fee pilot program, and it's exactly what it sounds like. The more you drive, the more you pay. If passed, the Secretary of Transportation would start putting together the $10 million program no more than 90 days after the bill's passage. The new tax will go into effect no more than a year later. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. 
A new report shows fewer jobs were added in the United States than expected. Payroll processing firm ADP says 303,000 positions were added last month. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, some big news. Eric Bowling is back on TV with a new show. Tune into Newsmax every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern and watch Eric Bowling on The Balance. Eric is the balance to big media, woke politics, and cancel culture. All this week, Eric is exposing the dangers of Joe Biden's inflation. It's already rising big time, and it could wipe out your stocks, bonds, cash, even your retirement. So get the truth about Biden and find your balance. Watch Eric Bowling on Newsmax at 4 p.m. Eastern today. More than 30 million Americans watch Newsmax. It's on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them. Tell them you want it. Plus, find Newsmax free on streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Or download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anytime, anywhere. More than 30 million Americans are tuning into Newsmax because it's real news for real people. When you invest, what's your pleasure? A good combination of approaches sometimes works out best. The how-to manual is right here every day on Money Radio. I'm a million-dollar Bill Keevan, and I wrote a book. It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop-dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead, in other words, of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. If you're an investor in Zymergen, you might not want to hear what's happening with that stock today. The so-called biofacturing company, which just went public back in April, announced yesterday that the CEO, Josh Hoffman, was departing and said the company's only current product has encountered technical issues that will delay a planned ramp-up. In response to all of that, Zymergen shares are plunging today, the stock losing about three-quarters of its market capitalization. Stocks are mostly lower overall. The S&P 500 down 16 points. As for blue chips, the Dow Industrial is down 280. Some tech shares are doing okay, though, and the NASDAQ composite is up about 14 points. U.S. oil prices fell for a third straight day, dropping to 68.15 a barrel, the lowest close since mid-July. Thanks largely to the return of tourists to Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment swung to a profit in the June quarter. The results succeeded expectations. Caesars shares initially rose on the news, on the news but are now just fractionally lower. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have, have EPI? EPI? Hey, everybody, we're back. You are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler. We have Justin in the house. We have Nikki in the house. We have Jesse Markowitz from YourPersonalCryptoAssistant.com. I want to remind everybody that a week from today, one week from today, I will be in Phoenix. We have a meet and greet. Uh, at the time I am doing this, however, we don't have the location exactly yet. But KFNNMoneyRadio.com will certainly give you the information. That's uh, And we, I will be there available also to take private appointments. If somebody wants to talk about us and our money management services, August 11th and 12th in Phoenix. I, Lee Seiler, the stock doctor, will be there. I look forward to it. And uh, I love Phoenix, by the way. I, I love the Southwest. I am dying to go to Arizona. It, it is a great place. And uh, my wife says her hair always looks great. 
I'm just excited for no humidity. Yeah, that's me, why your hair looks you like hence that's why. No humidity. Yeah. I, although, you know, we go there a lot. I go there a lot, and uh, it, it's it's hot. Dry this time heat of year, is it's the best hot. kind of heat, though. It's uh, I don't care how dry it is. It's hot. You stick your open it up and stick your head in it. That's how hot it is. But it's it's I love it there. I I rented a motorcycle and uh, rode around Sedonia, a Harley, and it was just absolutely tremendous. So it's um, love it. Anyway, a week from today. So uh, the 11th and 12th, I will be in Phoenix, and uh, I'm excited to uh, sit down with some some uh, potential clients. So anyway, uh, we're back. Thank you, by the way, uh, Jesse Markowitz from YourPersonalCryptoAssistant.com. We were talking about what he does. He's a cryptocurrency consultant. We were talking Conciliere. that. Conciliere. <laughs> and uh, before the break, we talked about NFTs, and NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Mm, I don't know if I'm going to give you that pronunciation. Fungible? (laughs) It's close. Non-fungible tokens. Okay. And Jesse, what are those? So when something is fungible, it's exchangeable. So it doesn't matter to me which $20 bill I have. They're all fungible. Any $20 bill is as good as any other. Okay. A non-fungible token is when this particular token is unique and different than any other. So when people talk about non-fungible tokens, what they're talking about is taking some sort of ownership, a digital picture or something else like that, wrapping crypto around it, creating a token out of it, which is now unique that I can prove ownership of. So now I can own this token and I could sell this token, transfer the token, whatever I want to do with it. But as I was saying before, Mm -hmm. today, if I've got the non-fungible token of a particular piece of digital artwork... Charlie bit my finger. It's bragging rights. It absolutely is. But it's not really much more than that today. Right. I see this very much as a great future opportunity. But it's not an investment, is it? Are baseball cards an investment? I guess you can make a case. Collectibles? Maybe. It could be. Yeah. It could be. I mean, the value of anything is what somebody else is willing to pay for. That's Greater fool theory. That's true. All right. Today, that might be the case. But in the future, it's got some really great potential opportunities. So if you get to the point where you can enforce ownership on the NFT. If I own this NFT, it's not bragging rights, but I can actually keep other people from doing something right. with this because I've got the NFT. Then to me, that means it's worth something. Then it could be worth something. Yes. So today, where you're seeing that is in-game. If you play Minecraft, you play Fortnite, you play any of those other okay. types of games, and there are other companies that are coming out specifically with a bunch of NFTs representing in-game objects. So okay. I want that super armor, the sword, the castle, whatever it is. And they'd I have to pay for that? They have to pay for it in in-game currency. And uh, no one else can use it, right? And because I own the NFT, mm-hmm. no one else can use okay. it. Okay. And the part that's great about doing it as an NFT as opposed to just, oh, I run this game. I'm going to have, remember we said before about Citibank has the spreadsheet, has the right. database instead of distributed? Well, today they do it in-game but it's owned by that company and no one else has permission to see that spreadsheet or know what it's about or do any trading on it. When it goes distributed NFT, you can do it much broader. It sounds to me that people have way too much time on their hands and way too much money just urinate away. Anyway, Nikki, I was going to say something (laughs) else, but I wasn't sure it's uh, it's radio friendly. I know you wanted to go down the rabbit hole a little bit and and get some really deep questions. All right, so... We have seen cryptocurrency, particularly Bitcoin, just taken for a ride in the news because of all the nefarious purposes like ransomware attacks and it being used there. How do you think that that's going to affect adoption and or people's perception of what Bitcoin is used for? I I think it's definitely going to reduce adoption somewhat. Not Maybe slow it down is probably a better way of putting putting it. I think it's going to definitely encourage a lot more regulation some of which may be helpful, a lot of which I think will probably be detrimental. But overall, I don't think it's going to stop anything. People have been doing nefarious things with cash for the longest time. What? We still have cash. You don't say. All right, so then I do also want to know, and this is something that Justin was very curious about, was speaking of regulation, what can and what do you think that the government will do with Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, especially if we continue to see bad actors using it. Yeah, so (coughs) the main area where you're going to see regulation coming in is going to be in the on and off ramps primarily. You'll see them on centralized exchanges, basically where people have accounts with companies that care about the government being happy with them. Such as Coinbase? Such as Coinbase, absolutely. uh, 
Uh, the other one you'll hear a bit in the news also has been Binance. Mm-hmm. There's both Binance and there's Finance US, which is the US-specific company. Okay. Right. The US-specific version is a lot more limited in what it does because it's been trying to play much, much nicer with US regulatory concerns and whatnot. Binance overall, more so, less so now, I guess, but um, his historically, Binance has not been particularly concerned about regulatory issues. And it's basically said, we'll be in whatever jurisdiction is most convenient. Mm-hmm. We want to offer what our customers want to get, and we're just going to put it out there and let people do what they want. And there's been much less concern about regulatory issues. And because they've been able to change their location some, mm-hmm. they've been it's harder to enforce against them. Could All right, could the government say, and we just talked about Amazon maybe, mm-hmm. take, could they say, you know what, we're not going to allow any U.S.-based companies to accept Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency for payment payment of any kind of services or goods. They absolutely could. They could do that. <laughs> they, abs- they absolutely could make that a law. But enforcing it becomes much tougher when you get away from a company like Amazon. Right. That's a huge publicly held, very public company. And when you get to the gas station down the street, when you get down to the dry cleaner, when you get down to the, you know, the, the regular people – it's it's a very different situation, but they have to exchange that for cash at some point, probably. It's, it's today they do. Okay, but keep in mind, two years down the road, five years down the road, they may be able to get a lot of the stuff that they want directly for crypto as well. Okay, I one think. Of the, oh, no, please. What one of the big differences with crypto is, it is very empowering to the individual. You actually own the cryptocurrency when you have the key to a crypto coin. You own it. Nobody else can control it. You get to decide what you want to do with it. So you're not at the mercy of a big bank that says, oh, we don't like this particular industry, whether it be guns or cannabis mm-hmm. or adult entertainment, anything like that. You get to choose what you want to do. We're speaking to Jesse Markowitz of YourPersonalCryptoAssistant.com. He's our guest today, and uh, he's taken up two segments because it's some really interesting stuff. And now they can just log on to your website. They can Absolutely. get a whole email you, and you can uh, set up some consultations. Absolutely. And what are the uh, first questions you're going to ask a potential customer of yours? Typically, where I start is, "What do you know already?" Okay. What you, what, and then, "What are you looking to do? How can I how can I help you?" Because you're not an advisor, you're just basically going to say, "Here's what if you want to do this, this is how you do it." And they go to Coinbase, they go and they do their their transfer of funds. I mean, they just pay you as a consultant and then they do they take care of it themselves for based on your advice a- absolutely my, my role is very much an educator i'm not a financial advisor i'm not a tax attorney i don't do any of that stuff i'm just here to help people understand how to do it all right nick we have time for one more question for jesse before we wrap things up so the price of bitcoin specifically incredibly volatile do you think that that is also going to be a barrier to say amazon accepting that as a payment form because how is something that's worth maybe $10 today in Bitcoin, if it swings 5% either way, it's worth something else? It, it, <coughs> it is absolutely a barrier to entry for a lot of companies. And the bigger the, the, bigger the company, mostly the bigger the issue is going to be. Okay. Because of the volume. Because of the volume, sure. 5% is a big, a big number for Amazon. But, but what we're starting to see now is people who are no longer thinking in dollars, they're starting to think in Bitcoin. Okay. They're starting to think in cryptocurrency. If you're somebody who takes the longer view and you think this is an area that's going to go up, I want to get the Bitcoin into my account, whether it's at $30,000, $40,000, $50,000. I want that one Bitcoin in my account today. So you're saying to take it in payment and maybe hold on to Absolutely. part of it for investment purposes or for cash management of some sort. That happens as well. Sure. Man, that guy who bought two pizzas with Bitcoin is probably just <laughs> beside himself. <laughs> Do you have a, a phone number, Jesse, that can get a reach you, or you want straight by the website? No, straight to the website's the best, and then questions at yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. All right, questions at yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. This is Jesse Markowitz, and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And Thank you, you know what? Much. I know a little bit more about blockchain, but I guess I'll have to take uh, some more lessons from Nikki on that one. I know a great guy that you could reach out to. Jesse. Yeah. Thank you so much. We for really time, appreciate Jesse. Happy Thanks. To anytime. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, we'll be right back with our last segment of the show. You guys stick around. Don't go away. I'm a million dollar Bill Keevan and I wrote a book. 
It's a collection of 43 essays about how to learn the lessons in the stock market. It's called Drop Dead and Other Words of Wisdom. Now, my ex-wife gave me that advice, drop dead, and it meant something, and I don't think it was nice. What it means to an investor, though, is that you should absolutely have a drop dead price to sell before you enter into a trade, and that is good advice. Drop Dead, in other words, of wisdom is still available in print at Amazon.com and a variety of other booksellers online. Your favorite radio station. And now you're up to date on the news. Stand by for weather and traffic right after this. It wakes you up. Starts your day. Band keeps you informed as well as entertained. <laughs> you guys are absolutely the best. How do you like to work here? At Money Radio, we're looking for commissioned sales reps to knock on doors, set up appointments, and extol the benefits of advertising with your favorite radio station. Send your resumes to jobs at moneyradio.com. Here is a quick list of things that you do not need in a financial advisor. One, they do not need to be in the tallest building in town. Two, they do not need to have a one-size-fits-all program. And three, they do not need to have a zombie apocalypse survival plan. Here are a few things that you do need in a financial advisor. One, a firm that takes their fiduciary responsibility to heart. Your success is their success. Two, custom-built portfolios, not cookie cutter. And three, the ability to use stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds to make the right combination of security and investments for each client. Let the stock doctor and his team give you a free portfolio checkup. Call at 1-888-855-2855. That's 1-888-855-2855. Free financial review, no obligation for all clients, except for zombies. Zombies are on their own. Tune in to the Natural Grocer Radio Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon here on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. We will be discussing all aspects of natural healing, explore everything from which supplements can keep you at your best to foods that help you decrease stress and increase productivity. Past guests have included the Wild Foods Lady, Linda Runyon, Dr. Earl Mendel, and Dr. Wayne Dyer. Find out more at naturalgrocerradio.com. The Natural Grocer Radio Show, Saturday 11 till noon on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. Health is your greatest wealth. money and today's issues that affect your wallet we're money radio 1510 and 105.3 fm welcome back you're listening to stock doctor's prescription i'm lee seiler also known as the stock doctor justin kenny nikki ward both in the house that was a great piece on uh, cryptocurrency. It was super informative, and I just love the way that he breaks things down to layman's terms. And I am certainly a layman. Because, uh, look, I, I know, I, I make fun that I don't know crapola about cryptocurrency. I do know, but I I guess it's I don't really care. Crapola about crypto. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, I, um, it's a good thing he already left. <laughs> no, I but know. He heard you saying this. No, I'm not saying that. I just, I personally don't care it's about it. It's not your thing. I people it. care about it. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I mean, the people want to know, and that's why I brought Jesse on. And we will bring Jesse on from time to time as news comes out on some of these things. I want him to come as one of our experts because he is he's really good and extremely knowledgeable. I was, uh, I learned something from him. Excellent. I truly did. Yeah, so that's the key. If you learn something like that, that's uh, that's important. So Even an um, old dog can learn new tricks, right? Maybe. I am really old school, though. You are very traditional. I am very old school. And hey, you know what? Old school's not so bad sometimes. No, you're vintage. Sometimes look the old at, ways look, are the look best. Look at my, my, uh, my, uh, my inventory of leisure suits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right back to the late 70s, early 80s. And earth shoes. Yeah. Do, do you remember the, uh, you saw Coming to America, right? Yes. Mood rings. Do you, do you remember the singer, the sexual chocolate? What was his name? I can't remember his name now. <laughs> his suit. That's a leisure suit. Seafoam green ruffles. Oh, yeah. My That's dad wore a powder blue suit. Or the yes. wedding singer. Mm -hmm. With the white, okay. with wedding the, singer's close with enough. With the white loafers. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Anyway, um, so just check out uh, Jesse at yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com if you need help on uh, just some kind of consulting with your cryptocurrency needs. Also, don't forget our event coming up. It's not our event. It's KFNN's uh, Money Radio event. And uh, I will be in town August 12th at Spoons. That is in downtown on Adams, just 
west of Central Avenue in the U.S. Bank building. I'll be there. Uh, well, we'll be there from 6 to 10 a.m. I'll be giving out coffees and, and breakfast sandwiches and uh, talking the markets with people. So uh, we do have appointments available. I have a few available. So if you'd like to sit down with, with myself, uh, 888-855-2855. Call the office right now because those appointments will book up 888 888- 855-2855. The purpose of the appointment is to talk about your portfolio and how we can help you. This is what we do, and we're pretty good at it. So uh, let's get into, you know, Amazon had earnings. A lot. The big ones had earnings last week. It was a big week. It was a big week for earnings. And, you know, Apple didn't disappoint. We talked about that last week, and we talked about Google didn't disappoint. Facebook even didn't disappoint. But Amazon disappointed a little bit, and that to me is surprising because literally it – it used to be when we get a package in the front door back in the day, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago, that was exciting. Special. It'd be like getting a letter today. Yeah, somebody sent me something. Now it's a, a letter. When I come <laughs> home, first thing I do, I go to the front door, see if there's anything there. Your, your wife already got it. Yeah, she did. I get the not... disproving look in another package. Yeah. I know. And I say, yeah, happy birthday from me to me. Yeah. Every day. I mean, literally, I, I know that in my house. Like you got to kind of wonder how the intake to disbursement is going. Like, where's all the old stuff? Is it getting thrown away? If you look around, do you notice things not there anymore? No. I, well, well I go? don't know. We got to purge. You got to purge. Anyway, so Amazon, look, the, the earnings were, were good, and they had a great quarter. I mean, they had, uh, you know, great revenue, but it wasn't enough. And we've talked about the base effect in the sense that some companies like Carnival Cruise Line, last year, that this quarter they were doing nothing. Zero. Amazon's the exact opposite. They were crushing it throughout the pandemic. So their look back comparisons are on much higher numbers. Exactly. Well, I think that this this you know little drop in the stock has taken Jeff Bezos out of the the helm of the richest man in the world. Mm-hmm. And now, full disclosure, we own Apple. Uh, Apple. We own Apple. Yes, but we own Amazon. It's our number two holding. Uh, we, you know, we own it cheaper than even after this drop. But I think that. I don't see Amazon going much lower than here. I think the stock took its hit. I mean, it took a significant why, hit. Why would it? And I think there's a little bit of a disconnection here. I agree. And this was their first revenue miss in three years. But something that really struck me was that one out of every 153 employed Americans now works for Amazon. I'm sorry. Say that one more one time. One out of, 100 out of 153 employed Americans now work for Amazon. <laughs> That's an unbelievable stat. Wow. Wow. One out of every 91 works for Walmart. Oh, really? That one didn't really surprise me. The Amazon one really caught me by surprise. And that's just going to grow. Absolutely. Wow. That's impressive. So, look, I'm not worried about Amazon. We we did not sell the stock. We own it. As I said, we own the stock at at pretty reasonable prices. But I have always found that any time something like this happens to Amazon, just looking at that stock and knowing it for as many years as it's been around – Usually these are opportunities. I'm not telling you to go out and buy it. I don't know your personal situation. I'm just telling you that it's probably at a discount. I don't think it goes much lower. Look, the 200-day moving average is around that 3,200, 32 and a half. I don't see it getting lower than that. Could it go down another 2 3%? Absolutely, which is a lot of points when it comes to, to Amazon. But I'm not concerned about it. I think the stock probably starts to build a base from here. Will not go straight up to 3,500. That's not what stocks do after major gap downs like this. It needs time. Gaps fill in three days, three weeks, three months, or three years. Pick one. We don't know. So the the expectation is just that it will be higher. Yeah, and they also kind of warned for next quarter too that that things are going to be a, a little bit tougher. They did. Again, that like you said, there was a higher bar for them to. To surpass. Well, it's sort of like they're ahead of this of, of everybody else's cycle because as soon as yeah. I mean, I really didn't even use them until the pandemic started. Like people like me specifically, you know, and they were sort of the first to the game. Yeah. You know? I, I first of all I love the service. At this point in our lives, could we live without it? I uh, yeah. I we was couldn't. gonna say. I don't think I don't people think are so. gonna go back. No. I mean I mean it's just so simple. We all know this, we all do it, but for me, who's I'm really not a technology person, I need batteries. I'm not going to go to the store. I just go on my phone and say, our batteries will be here tomorrow. Yeah, be here tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's just a beautiful thing. So anyway, uh, Amazon disappointed Wall Street. The stock got punished. Uh, you know, it's probably, probably an opportunity here. And I, that's what I would say. I'd, look, everything is, uh, 
when you're looking at stocks and where they're going to go up or down, it's really just odds. What are the odds of the stock? What's the probability? It's a probability study. And I think the probability is that the stock's probably at a discount here. And if you didn't own it, it may be an opportunity, if it's suitable for you, to own it. If you're not sure if it's suitable, consult with us. We'll let you know. Look, take a look at your portfolio. We'll talk to you and make sure you're experienced and you understand the risks of owning an individual stock, and we'll see. Um, also, Robinhood went public last week. H-O-O-D, yo, 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 in the hood. <laughs> and um, so now we, we go day one. They priced it at $38. It was in that range, 38 to 42. They priced it low into the range. Um, the reason they priced stocks in the low end of the range, the demand wasn't there at the higher prices. Right. If, All short. If they would have, if they would have been um, demand they there. They would have. They would have. They are going to they're gonna grab every red cent they possibly can on an IPO. There's, they're, they're paying, f you know, incredibly intelligent people to look into whether or not any any price would be supported. So the question is, and Nikki, you and I talked about it. Justin, you were out late last week when this happened. One third of their shares went mm -hmm. to Robinhood uh, customers. Right. And I just said, I, I was talking to Nikki about it. That's a sandbox I didn't want to play in. Mm -mm, I'm not about I it. Kathy Wood jumped in. She jumped in. I Ro think the vast majority of the Robinhood users have no real... Mm, I just don't, I don't know the mentality. That's what right. I didn't know if they were, if, if it went up, it did not go up. If, it, if they caught a spike. Or they're going to flip it. If they caught a spike, they're probably out. I, I don't know. The I, question I know. is when it went down, because it went down day one, got down to 33 and change. Did the typical Robinhood shareholder, did they flip the stocks to get out? I'm taking a loss. Well, see, they, I believe, you know, think to themselves, well, I'll, you know, I'll get out here, lose, you know, miss out on some of this downside and then grab it back later well here's here's the one thing i look at i talked i thought about this over the weekend robin hood has no qualified accounts there there are no iras no none of that tax all taxable so what leads me to believe that they're more likely to take a loss than you would in a non-taxable account because mm -hmm. you can't get the loss in non-tax you're willing to maybe in an ira you're willing to hold a little bit longer because mm -hmm. you can't get but in robin everybody's account is taxable right so i think they're more likely to flip it and they're not sticky shareholders that's my thought well i think that the robin hood mentality the, you know and i don't want to put everybody in the same box here but no. but uh, it seems to me like you know there are a lot more traders utilizing that platform meanwhile the stock is up now at uh, almost 47 so that's doing pretty well yeah it surged 24 uh, percent yesterday had Jeez. a really really big day look we're gonna wrap things Did up here in a moment fair for everybody <laughs> everyone dun, got dun, confetti dun, on the app yep. gm reported earnings better than expected by the way average vehicle sold Last Q2, $48,000 for GM. The wow. average vehicle sold 48000 That is up 5200 from the year previous. That's a, that's a jump. I mean, I don't buy cars every year, but yeah. $48,000 is a lot of money for a car. Yeah, it is. Wow. I've never paid that money for a car. Give us a call at the office, 888-855-2855. That's 888-855-2855. Uh, set some time to sit down with me. Next week, I'll be in Phoenix, August 11th and 12th. And we'll be at Spoons in downtown. So be sure to go to that event. Have some coffee and some uh, breakfast with us. I'm the Stock Doctor. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Your portfolio deserves a team of experts to get you the information that you need to get the best results from the market. Every week, the Megalennial, the Fiscal Therapist, and this just in, join the Stock Doctor and give you their unique perspectives on market opportunities and pitfalls. That team is available for consultations every Wednesday from noon to one, airing on the Stock Doctor's prescription on KFNN, and by email at feedback at stockdr.com every day of the week. The station that talks.